What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, everybody. Jeremy here from Turn Me On Podcast. Probably your favorite podcast because you're listening to it right now. And hey, if it is your favorite podcast, and if it's not your favorite podcast, but you do like what you listen to, take a second of your day, head on over to survey.lipson.com slash turn me on. Uh, it would mean the world to Bridie and I because uh, we're looking for sponsors. We want to get our show sponsored. And the, one of the ways we do that is to have that survey filled out over at survey dot lipson dot com slash turn me on now not www dot survey because that actually won't work so just simply s u r v e y dot l i b s y n dot com slash turn me on uh it's literally one two three four five six seven questions you can answer it in less than thirty seconds it would mean the world to us please do it. Uh, do it. Do it. Hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hi, baby. Hi, my love. Ready to talk about some sex? I guess so. Might as well, since we got a podcast called Turn Me On. I haven't been able to have sex. Uh, last night I dread, but I have a yeast infection, and so I didn't want to get into it. But mm. we had non-penetrative 
sex and it was literally one of the hottest things that I've felt on my body. It was like scratch, literally actually scratching an itch that I couldn't What scratch. do you mean non-penetrative? Like you like just riding, like rubbing the, the, yeah. the cock between the yeah. lips? And then, and I wanted it so bad and then it would go in for like a second and I was like, oh, this is going to be bad tomorrow. And then you pull it out? Yeah. Yeah. It's lit. It's like really like scratching that itch. Did you come? I did. Cool. Um... And because I was on those BV antibiotics, I wasn't drinking. Mm-hmm. And tonight's the first night I've had any wine. And oh uh, yeah, I'm really feeling it. You're feeling the wine. Oh yeah. Yeah, you look hammered. Your left eye is closed. Uh, your right eye is looking at the opposite side of the room. Everybody knows I have a wandering eye when I drink. You actually do. I know. Yeah, you get a little lazy eye. I know. It's, it's fucking hilarious. It's pretty nasty. Um, well. Uh, today's episode is a fun one. We talked to someone who is an asexual and we literally talked to her today, yesterday, right? Right. When this comes out yesterday, same time as we're recording this. That's right. Um, and so, uh, I was thinking that because Catherine, our guest is not a very big fan of sex, that we should keep this foreplay short uh, no. <laughs> well, we can't really say she's not a fan of sex because she explicitly said that she likes it. That's right. Yeah, you know what? You're right. Yeah. But it's it's kind of a, it's a hard itch it's to scratch per- for her. Yeah. It's perplexing. It is perplexing. And I think super interesting. So let's, let's skip the brain boner this week. Um, uh, but there is something that I did want to talk about. Number one, the first thing, tonight, Wednesday, July 19th. This evening, mm-hmm. 7.30, Bus Stop Theater, Gottagen Street, Halifax, Nova Scotia. Postal code? I don't know. <laughs> $20. Turn me on live. Live at the Bus Stop Theater. Yeah. So if you're in Halifax, <clears throat> you haven't bought your ticket yet. There are, as of right now, six tickets left. Uh, we're going to sell fool. this motherfucker out, and uh, after the show, we're probably going to go out for a drink Yeah, uh, at the local. Yeah, They have Yaz Night. They play some Yaz music there. Yaz. I love Yaz. I've been uh, listening to Yaz a lot in the car. Have you? Yeah. Like, uh, I drive to the yoga studio at 5.30 in the morning, or I drive home from the studio at 8 o'clock in the morning in traffic. Yeah. And I find Yaz really relaxing. Do you play it through your phone or do you throw it on like, you just hope to find some Yaz well, on the radio? you have never <coughs> showed me how to plug my phone or use my phone through Bluetooth through the car. Apparently, the car is already accommodating other too many other Bluetooth networks. I've deleted them all. Okay. So you can do it. I can't listen to the Bluetooth of my okay. phone. Okay. So you're just using the radio. Yeah, CBC or something. Okay. Well... I can put some Yaz music on your phone, get you hooked up there. We can do that. I'm really liking it. Yeah. Um, but last week, you did something quite fun. Yeah. I was very sad that I wasn't able to take part. I had to work. But you invited my girlfriend, Becca, to go with you instead. Mm-hmm. What did you do, Bridie? Well, some of you might remember that we had a guest on talking about wax play and fire play. And uh, fire play is a bit of a... uh, I'm curious about it for sure. Becca is super curious about it. But fire play for me is a little 
too risky. I, I don't know, my house burned down as a kid. Probably has something to do with it, but also permanent scarring has something to do with it. Also, my very first burlesque professional show that I ever went to had one burlesque dancer with scars all over half of her body from flame and she was doing flame dancing as part of her burlesque routine Whoa. and i was like maybe what came don't? first the yeah. chicken or the egg yeah right because i am not interested in that mm. kind of uh risk taking mm -hmm. so the wax was something that i thought i could experience because i like dipping my fingertips in candles so of course, I'm going to want it poured all over my back. Like at restaurants and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do that too. But with my wiener. When we go to the restaurant, oh, you know that thing I do? That's why you run to the bathroom when we get to the table. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I grab the candle, run to the bathroom real quick, come back with a funny look on my face. You're casting your penis in wax. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm I went to evolve this weekend. I'm really <laughs> fucking tired, and I'm not on my game. I got <laughs> You don't want to talk about penis casting? No. You no. want to talk about skin prints and uh, wax? Uh, yeah. Well, I do want to talk about. So you guys went to this wax thing, yeah, and it was actually done by our M. former guest M, yeah, and um, uh, Becca was taking some like video and some pictures, and man, you got you got. Butt ass naked. Yeah. Full naked, full nude. Well, it was so funny when Pussy he asked out. me if I was comfortable with being naked. I was like, yeah. Yeah. So no you just question. got totally naked, laid on the bed. Wasn't a big deal. No. And he just poured a, f a buttload of wax all over you. Mm -hmm. How hot was it? It was pretty hot. I was uh, a little bit shocked, <laughs> but it cools immediately. If it had stayed, there were a couple times when I was like, white flagged it a little bit because. I knew that the wax was pooling, so it mm. wasn't cooling as quickly as the wax that landed on, like, flat skin, mm. and it was retaining the heat, and I was like, this feels like it could potentially burn me, and I really trust Em, um, so I it was fine, I was fine with it, but there were a couple of areas of my body where I was like, mm, don't put it there, my vagina, don't want it my butthole i don't want it around inside there. your eyeball inside my eyeballs but like mm. it's from the neck down those couple of areas i just was like i don't know i wonder I just, it feels like getting it on your butthole probably great yeah I mean, i've had my butthole wax yeah me too and right. I, I was like i was surprised at how warm the wax was when she was putting it on my bun hole yeah um uh it's hot for a second. Yeah. Now, when I know that uh, there's not a, a whole lot of like, you know, um, uh, sexual attraction to M, at least I'm, I'm assuming that you're not, you didn't go there for like the sexual part of it? No, I um, mean, no. But did you find that there, was there something sort of uh, like, did you, were you turned on at all by the sensation of the hot wax hitting your skin? No, not, no, not at all. I couldn't really allow myself so m gave me like a very responsible kind of uh talk beforehand about consent and like the possibilities of dropping into a subspace as he called it so it says a submissive space and so needing to talk about consent before we actually started getting into wax play because once i was in that subspace my consent really wasn't valid mm. um 
so we we would agree you know on things before we went into it and he was really gentle and caring about that and aftercare and just like uh making sure that becca would drive home and right blah 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 um, which wasn't really necessary it wasn't really necessary for me i didn't feel i was definitely reserving a part of myself during mm-hmm. that process do you think it would it, it could be sexual if you were doing it with someone that you were uh, romantic with? I don't think so. No? Not the wax play for me. Right. Um, sensually, I'm a pretty sensual person. So the feeling of having the wax peeled off mm. was really great. Cool. Um, and I'm talking about my back. Sure, it felt good. It felt good off of everywhere. My legs, my belly, my my chest and stuff too but it um it literally feels like a layer of your skin is being peeled away yeah. in a really cathartic kind of way mm-hmm. uh but not sexual necessarily and i don't i think i could understand it from like a therapeutic standpoint when it was on my chest it felt like i don't know if you've ever been buried in sand yeah but that have, yeah. weight that case around your body mm-hmm. that's what it felt like and that was really like nice comforting yeah, yeah it was like a little uh like a one of those vests you put on a dog when when it's like a lightning storm yeah those or like comfy vests like talks about how some of some autistic people yeah, yeah. spectrum have like that's vests right. that feel like they're hugging being hugged yeah um well that's cool i wonder i becca was really into it after you guys had did, had done it and yeah. she she was really um, encouraging me to get the recipe from M and make make some wax so that we could kind of play with it. It was uh, it was definitely shocking. Like the heat hit, you get that. It was like being hit with cold water, where you get that immediate like. <gasps> mm. And that but was and Becca really liked that. She said that when she was pouring it on you, yeah, she really liked getting that reaction. Right. She was really into was making bef- you kind of... It was a really fun activity, I think, for Becca and I, because we had the talk beforehand that I'm not really submissive, mm. and she is. Mm-hmm. And for her to be in that position, I, and it was very gentle, um, but a gentle, I guess, you know, I didn't, I don't really get, I mean, I do get how it's d- dominating and submissive, but for both of us, in terms of a I guess maybe it's a power exchange right. with us. Is like we're both in roles that we're not super comfortable in, but exploring them together was kind of neat. Yeah, it's cool that the two of you did that together. Yeah, I'm it was glad. Really that, neat. Yeah, I'm glad it happened. And she was really glad that I didn't go by myself. And I really wanted you to come. I really wanted to be something you and I did together. But uh, the fact that she and I did get did it together, I think, was kind of a nice little bonding experience. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, maybe we can do it again sometime. Together. Well, next is fire play with Becca. Right. Yeah. Sure. That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. That'll be really fun. Yeah. Great. Uh, anything else that we should hit on before we throw it to this week's episode? I mean, other than our live show <clears throat> tonight and just like, I'm glad you're home. It's yeah. been a few days since we've had a night together you've been at evolve and i've been doing my thing and Mm -hmm. i'm glad i'm glad to be home too yeah yeah i'm i'm really looking forward to getting some quality sleep because i didn't get a lot of it at evolve (laughs) um uh, okay well i think that's i think that's i mean i could talk about i could talk about some sex sex on acid is crazy 
Yeah? Man, it's crazy. I've never done it. It's crazy good. I've never done acid, so I've never had sex. Definitely never had sex. Also crazy. Fun. Crazy fun time. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't be talking about that. I talk enough about doing acid. Talked about it in this episode. Oh, that's right. You did talk about it on this episode. But that's great, because now the people know why you might dabble in microdosing. Yeah, I guess so. True. Maybe maybe that's worth maybe that's worth something to bring up on the podcast and how it affects sex and yeah. sex life. And drugs in general. Drugs in general. I mean yeah. we've definitely talked about weed lube yeah. and that effect yeah. of marijuana on the libido. I'll tell you about this. Okay. So sex on acid is uh pretty amazing. The first time I did LSD was at Folly Fest, so really only, uh, you know, like a month ago. Um, and then Evolve happened, and I still had some doses, so so Beck and I had some on the Sunday at Evolve. And, um, and this thunderstorm came in and started raining on everything, and... At one point, I was like, man, I'm outside. I'm freezing. I got to go to the tent. I just got to get dry. Like, I just want to feel dry. And I go to the tent, and I start going into this, like, really kind of bad place mentally. Uh, it's kind of like having a bad trip. Um, <laughs> it was actually kind of funny. Like, I started, I started, I go to the tent, and it's a mess. And so, I'm like, I got to sort. I got to sort things. So, I start, like, sorting things out and, like, putting places in certain spots. But I've been in there now for, like, 30 minutes, and I'm just, like or reorganizing and reorganizing and then like unorganizing and reorganizing. And then I stopped. And I'm like, Oh my God. Um, Oh no, I'm trapped in here. Like sorting. I think, I think this is what meth heads do. And I'm freaking out. And then Becca, Becca comes to the tent. And she's like, Hey, what are you doing? I'm like, don't come in here. It's really bad. And she's like, what do you mean? So she comes in to like, take me out of this bad place. And so we, we lay down and we're talking for a bit and she kind of pulls me out of it. And, I'm feeling a little bit better. And then I'm like, maybe, maybe sex would like help. So we have sex and it was amazing. It was really amazing sex. (laughs) It was so amazing that Becca came and then burst out into tears, starts bawling. She, and afterwards we were laughing. She's like, man, I came so hard. I, I bawled. And, uh, and, but like everything was all right. It was like good crying. And then, and then we come out of the tent after the sex and the rain is gone and the sun is out. And it was like this crazy refresher where like everything was reset, which I find interesting because that like that reset button through sex, I found that through like n- not just, you know, this bad trip in acid, but like I've found that through like when I'm feeling sick, you know, like I've got a really shitty headache or you've, you've seen this quite a bit where I'm like, I'm coughing at night and I can't stop coughing mm-hmm. and then I'll have sex. And for some reason it goes away mm-hmm. and it's like, it totally like almost resets my nervous system and then everything is like fresh again. Everything's new. Yeah. I don't know. It's so it's, it, it's, if people have never tried it. There's a lot of reset buttons. And you know what? Todd uses this a lot in our day. And I would just be like, I need to break this day up. Let's go jump in some freezing cold water. Yeah. And it's like, that is a thing that changes the course of the day. Yeah. 
Yeah, I feel like sex can be that too. Totally. You know? Masturbation yeah. is that for me sometimes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I know that was like really, like whatever, silly, long-winded, sort of like, this was my acid trip story. But um, I just think that if if someone hasn't tried that yet or hasn't <laughs> yeah. like, hasn't found that, and not acid, but I'm talking about sex as like the reset button, um, might be worth like looking into because it's... Yeah. It really, really became evident in the in the LSD trip, and then it made me think of all the times that I've actually just subconsciously used sex as a way to be like, all right, I gotta like, I gotta like reset. Yeah. Have a little make fuck sesh. Yeah. And then after make fuck, everything's brand new. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of making fuck. Let's throw it to an episode uh, <laughs> with, someone, with someone who doesn't do that very often. Yeah. Yeah. But when she does, it's very purposeful. That's right. Yeah. Talking about mindful sex. Yeah. Holy smokes. Sex for fun. Yeah. Uh, we sat down with Catherine. She is uh, ace or asexual. And uh, we hope you enjoy her as much as we did. Yeah. We learned a lot. So sure hopefully did. you did too. Yeah. Oh, and hey. Happy Pride this coming weekend, Absolutely, Halifax. Absolutely, Halifax. Uh, Pride your beautiful rainbow butts off. Yeah, shake your booties out there. Uh, and uh, speaking of booties, send us your booty pics. Sunday, Monday, coming up this <laughs> Sunday and every Sunday. Uh, okay, that's enough Rainbow plugs. painted butts for this Sunday. Uh, we will see some of you tonight and, uh, and enjoy today's episode. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So dopey. Holy fuck. <laughs> I'm actually 
I made a mistake. First of all, you made a boo boo. I made a boo boo. Uh, I scheduled myself to work today. I just got back from Evolve yesterday. Fun. <sighs> yeah, it was fun. <laughs> but but man, yeah, what debauchery! Like I, it was a lot. And I think I'm fried. You know that uh, you know that old commercial. How old are you, Catherine? Uh, Twenty seven. Catherine, right? Yep. Okay, sweet. Twenty uh, what? Twenty seven. Do you remember that commercial when we were kids? Uh, you would have been, you would have been like pretty young. But this commercial where it was like, "This is your brain on drugs," yeah. and yeah. it was the fried the, eggs. The no, I, I remember the um, the wires. And it would just like clip a bunch of wires and the whole wires would go all smoky. Oh, okay. Oh. I, re- yeah. I remember one that <laughs> was... second wave. This is your brain on drugs. There you mm. go. Yeah. I remember okay, the fried yeah. eggs that was like, they were just like, just frying in a pan. <laughs> that's my brain right now. Yeah, fried right. eggs. Just a bunch of fried eggs. Okay. So if I don't say much today. <laughs> I do not miss that feeling. Not that I like, I'm against doing drugs anymore, but I do not like... My mood swings pretty drastically anyway, so mm. to have chemically influenced <laughs> mood swings is probably just a bad idea. I mean, I don't feel down. Mm-hmm. I just feel slow. Mm-hmm. You know, just a little slow. Like I'm, I'm, I'm just hungover. Yeah, yeah. I have like two very specific drugs that I will take. One of them is alcohol. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like I love that drug. <laughs> yeah, woo. Yeah, and, and, uh, caffeine for me. Oh, I guess three. I guess three okay. drugs that I'll take. What's the other one? Uh, Molly. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm not. I'm, I don't like. I don't like weed. I don't like the idea of coke. I don't. No. Nothing. Just. I'll take my. I'll take my Molly. And yeah. I'll take my I, caffeine. And- I. Uh, I'm with you on that. And I just found my my deep rooted love for LSD. Mm. Man. Wow. Oh man. Yeah. I'm really not kidding. I'm, I'm seriously considering like trying this whole microdosing thing and mm-hmm. journaling through that process yeah. for like maybe like a month just to see how it how it affects my creative ability. Right, um, you're pretty creative already. I know, and I and that's why I'm really interested <laughs> in looking into it to mm-hmm. like see if it's a a boost of some sort, or like a, a little extra boost of creativity. What do you want to do when you're on it? Like what? How does your creativity express itself? Well, I guess we'll find out. That's, it's the that's the that's okay. the whole you know. When are you gonna start? Um, well, I need I need like a couple of days where I'm not working, just to see what um, what happens when I do take like a one sixth of a hit. Like mm-hmm. how my how I react. Yeah. And if it's very low key, then then you know you've got go, your dose. Go from there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But. Uh, I mean, I, I'm going to give myself a little bit of time because this weekend was just... <laughs> give your body some recovery time. Yeah, yeah. just a little silly. Get back to like a... What do they call that homeostasis? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Homeostasis. Yeah. Why homeostasis? Uh, that's a... That's a biological right. term, I believe. Back to back to baseline. But that's baseline. what I always... Yeah. yeah baseline. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> I'm really excited about today's conversation. I'm super curious. Because we <laughs> here's something interesting. I uh Catherine, we were just talking before we started recording about how you're a baker mm-hmm. and uh like a, a red seal yeah. baker. So yeah. like the most legit baker you can be. Uh and I was saying I've never met a baker mm-hmm. in real life. I've never met anyone who actually like does that as a living. I've also, to my own knowledge, have never met anyone who's 
identifies as asexual. I'm super interested <laughs> in hearing all about that. And I think I think there's probably a lot of people out there who who don't quite know exactly what that con- like what that constitutes like yeah. being asexual. Yeah. Um so why don't you fill Bride and I in on what that does mean to you? Uh <coughs> well, I think for the sort of ace community in general, it's a combination of both more simple and more complicated than what is portrayed in like media or what anyone really thinks it is. What's ace? Ace is just the short term for asexual. Asexual. It's like, you know, gay is short for, or is the term used for uh, homosexual. Right. Okay. Yeah. Ace. So it's just ace. Um, That's a badass name. Yeah. I (laughs) I like it a lot. But uh, at its very most basic core, um, asexuality is just basically you don't feel sexual attraction to people. Like, that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's also, you know, people who feel sexual attraction to people very rarely. And it's not necessarily the same people or the same group of people. That's gray asexual. There's some people who... Feel, gray asexual. Yeah. yeah, I was just reading about that this morning. Wait, yeah. what? What gray asexual? Yeah. Whoa. Wait. So, what does that mean? It, well, it, it's like you're you don't feel sexual attraction to anyone except for very rarely, and it's not necessarily the same person or the same group of people. It or can change like up. It can change so up. Some gray area. That's some gray area. Exactly. Oh, I like that. Um, there's also some people who don't feel sexual attraction to anyone except for one specific person that they have like emotionally bonded with that's called demisexual that's under the ace umbrella as well so wow. what i was reading this morning was demisexual yeah just basically what you were saying is an emotional bond forms first yeah and then sexual attraction develops right and it's not like it's different than you know um i don't want to have sex with a person until i've dated them for a while right. or something like that it's more along the lines of I don't feel like I don't feel attracted to you in a sexual way until we've been emotionally connected. And it's not necessarily emotionally connected for a while. I have a friend who has who felt an immediate connection to someone and was super freaked out because she thought she was ace the entire time, like and turned out she was demi. Right. And so you're demi. I'm not. No, I'm I'm asexual. You're just straight. I'm just straight ace. Okay. Well, not straight ace, but anyway. <laughs> right, sure. Um, there's also different kinds of, um, like, libido levels. Like, some people find sex and open mouth kissing, like, absolutely disgusting. They want nothing to do with it. Some people, you know, don't mind sex. Some people like sex and have fun with it, but aren't necessarily attracted to people. That's interesting. So the only thing that really you need to identify as asexual is you don't feel sexual attraction to people. God, how confusing would that be, though? (laughs) So confusing. It's so confusing. You you enjoy sex. You enjoy the, like, what, the idea, the thought of sex, uh, the act of sex itself, like, when it's happening, but you don't feel attraction to people? The best way I've ever heard it described is actually hilarious, and I'll tell it to you right now. It is when you're hungry, and you're like, you really want to eat something. So you go to the fridge, and you open the fridge. And like, you don't want anything in the fridge. You have food there, but like, you don't want any of it. And so you close it, and you open the cupboard, and you don't want any of that food either. And so 
you close it and you go back to the fridge and you, sh- you need to eat something. You're hungry. You want to eat something, but you don't know what you want. You drive around. You don't go to the restaurants. You're right. Driving exactly. You, you're driving. You're just like, like, ah, I just need, I just want some food. Yeah. Yeah. And like, if someone were to cook something for you and put it in front of you, you'd be like, yeah, sure. That works. I'll eat it. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. Okay. But it's like, you don't, you don't have the, you don't know what you're craving. You're not craving anything specific you're just hungry man that it that feeling of the hunger thing yeah drives me bananas so specifically for me that's what it's like for sex always okay okay <laughs> holy smokes yeah how did like how so you're 27 yeah when did you when did you start to kind of wrestle with this like like finding this out found it out because so when I was 20, probably younger than that, when I was 19, no, when I was 19, uh, one of my friends came out as asexual, and uh, she doesn't identify that way anymore, <coughs> but she came out as asexual. All I knew was from, you know, general media of the person who doesn't want to date anyone, doesn't want to, like, doesn't even want to have any kind of connection with anyone at all. They just want their friends, and that's it, the end. And so at the time I was dating someone and so I was like, oh, well, that's neat. Uh, not for me, obviously, I'm dating someone. So, but you know, good for her. That's fine. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people, when they hear the word asexual think is mm-hmm. like I thought, it means you don't want to date anyone. You don't ever want to have sex with anyone. You don't even want to kiss anyone, like done. And so for a good number of years, I thought that because... So, so while I personally do have a libido, it is much lower than the average person's. And I thought there was something like really wrong with me because, you know, my partner is wanting to have sex all the time. And I thought, you know, he's a guy, I'm a girl, women just want sex less. So that's just, you know, normal. That's, it's normal for me to be this upset in a relationship where I'm doing this thing all the time, where Mm -hmm. I'm having sex with someone all the time. And it was a it was a number of years before I I think I was twenty four when I was uh, on Tumblr of all places. This is the this is the Tumblr sexuality. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and I was scrolling through one of the sex education um, blogs that I followed at the time, and they had this whole infographic of different kinds of asexuality and different ways to be asexual. And I was reading through it, and I just mm. it was like my brain exploded. Mm-hmm. How, when you say when you say like a a very low libido, yeah, what are we talking? Um, I would be perfectly content to have sex maybe twice twice a month. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Now I I generally have sex more than that. My partner uh, has a very high libido, so we balance it out. So you are in a relationship. Yeah. And what's your what you said you weren't straight. Right. So there's there's different kinds of attraction that people can feel. Um, There's sexual attraction, which is easiest for most people to understand, which is that sharp spike of lust towards a person or towards a group of people. Um, There's romantic attraction, which is more of a like a crush. You want to hold their hand or kiss them or, you know, date them, be with them more than not necessarily more than you want to have sex with them, but just as a separate emotion, mm-hmm. you want to be with them. There's aesthetic attraction where, oh, that person's really pretty. 
you don't necessarily have attraction beyond that. It's just, ooh, attractive person. Mm -hmm. um, sensual attraction, where you want to touch their hair or their skin or just hold them in sort of a non-sexual platonic way. There's platonic attraction, where you just really want to be someone's friend. I um, feel that a lot. Yeah. I, I get I, that a lot, too. Yeah, I, I get that hardcore. Um, aesthetic and platonic attraction are something that most people experience. Um because they, you know, you see a pretty person on the street. You're just like, oh, wow, that's a pretty person. Mm -hmm. um, or you meet someone, you're like, I gotta be this person's friend. Um, same with sensual, sexual, and romantic attraction. For most people, line up. They are sensually, sexually, and romantically attracted to women. They are sensually, sexually, and romantically attracted to men, to whatever. Um, and... For me, it doesn't line up. I'm not sexually attracted to anyone. I'm romantically attracted. I have the potential to be romantically attracted to anyone. Mm -hmm. So I'm pan-romantic. Right. But asexual. Holy smokes. <laughs> what a like... So if you've ever had like... What a grid. <laughs> if you've ever had like an emotional attraction to someone, uh, a crush on someone, but you're not sexually attracted to them. Yeah. It can often be easily misconstrued uh, misconstru misconstrued as a platonic attraction. Right. Versus what it actually is, is romantic attraction without the sexual element. I So romantic is a word that I have, feel like I've, I'm constantly trying to define for myself because mm -hmm. uh, people have, you know, people have, you know, told me that they are romantic and that some of my ideas and feelings are romantic, but I personally don't, I don't, I haven't really grasped what that means, and I think, you know, since Jeremy and I opened our relationship, I've been able to explore a little bit more about, like, what is my attraction to this person? Because mm -hmm. before it was like, oh, if I'm if I'm attracted in this way, then I must want to have sex with this person. Um, but now I'm learning that there's all kinds yeah, of that's different not necessarily expressions true. Yeah. of love. And um, I've been romantically, I think, <laughs> attracted to a couple of people in my life that then when it got to having a sex, a sex life, it was like... This Never part mind, doesn't yeah. feel yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and I thought I was just, you know, I was just fucking up somehow. Just, you know, kind of being a, like a little bit slutty with, you know, whoever I just felt like I liked a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I feel like with uh, with the, my most recent relationship, it definitely started out romantic. Mm -hmm. And the sexual or even sensual relationship part of it has has slowly developed and is becoming increasingly more enjoyable. But at the, at the baseline, it's like, I just really like daydreaming about this, like doing things with this right. person. And, um, yeah, I remember when you guys first started dating and I was like, did you guys have sex yet? Yeah. You were asking me every time. <laughs> <I know. laughs> and, like, and like, it was like a month in and you two. were two months in and you were like, no, we haven't had sex yet. And I, could <laughs> not wrap my head around that at all. Yeah. Because here's the thing is that I have, I, I, I think I am probably the, the like so far at the other end of the spectrum from you, Catherine. Like mm -hmm. I am, my libido is through the roof. The other day I actually, I actually sat down. I was like, I think I have to look this up. I think I have to Google like what is too much. 
Like, <laughs> like when does a high libido become a problem? And then I realize, like, oh no, I'm not. I'm so not. You a, have like a sex addiction. Yeah, I'm not in that territory where I'm just work like to masturbate. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I've, I've never done that. Yeah. Um, but, but it's and it's nowhere near like a problem. But it, but it is like I'm flabbergasted at how much I need to just have sex. Like mm-hmm. I'm just. I'm. Uh, it's almost always something that is like under the surface right Mm -hmm. and so when you were dating todd and i'm like a month and a half in i'm like so wait 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 (laughs) you guys have you kissed and you're like yeah like i don't know maybe like a couple times here or there no we made it all the time (laughs) yeah right okay okay so so, but i just i couldn't like i couldn't i just couldn't wrap my head around it like it was so wild to me but I feel like I'm having a bit of a revelation here because I've never had anyone really lay down this explanation of like, I I mean, I get that there's other types of attraction, but when you really label it and and put it out there in a very like concrete manner, like mm-hmm. platonic attraction, uh, you know, sexual attraction, um, sensual, sensual attraction, yeah. like all of those different things. It's like, oh, yeah, wow. And then I'm starting to think of the people in my life and mm-hmm. where they kind of fall into those slots. And mm-hmm. it's very interesting. Yeah. And I found, too, that um, listening to you talk, I'm, I'm wondering about like, I don't know if I've ever felt lust towards it. Maybe like when I was a teenager and I really just like I just wanted to have my tongue in someone's mouth but other than that i'm like my body doesn't get physically aroused unless i'm already engaged in some kind of physical touch like mm-hmm. making out or whatever like mm-hmm. i don't get that urge for anything more mm-hmm. unless i'm already kind of started oh wow i do yeah yeah, yeah. no i'm i'm the same i don't huh. um i mean i can <coughs> so where i'm where i'm dating someone who has uh, such a wildly different sexual level than I do. Um, I I sort of, I can turn myself on by thinking of, because I, I do find, you know, some situations sexually arousing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will turn myself on to, th- like, thinking about those things in order to be like, okay, well, it is a nice, lazy morning. I don't have to go to work for a couple of hours. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I know. So... So you're dating someone, uh, is, what are, is, are you dating a guy? Yeah. Okay. Um, and what's their, what, hold on. Is, are, are you, is your boyfriend bisexual? Uh, yeah. Do, do you know Tia? Did Tia yeah, set yeah, this up? Yeah, Tia set the, well, Tia linked us up, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. cool. Sweet. I remember she told us while we were recording. She's yeah. like, oh, I got to put you guys in touch with, yeah. with a friend of mine. Okay. Yeah. That's um, that's me. I'm, I'm the friend. You're that friend. <laughs> I'm that friend. So your your boyfriend is in a very different position than you are. Mm-hmm. He he has what would you would you say he has like a a regular or or a a um what's the word average? Uh, yeah, average libido. Um, I'd say probably slightly higher than average, but not a lot higher than average. So how does that work for the for the two of you? Like, how have you guys been able to find a balance there? Uh, well, uh, right now we do about 
80-20, 80% of the time that we engage in sexual contact, um, it's because I want to, and about 20% is because I'm just doing it because he wants to, which I'm finding is a pretty good balance for us. Mm -hmm. It's a lot less than he wants, so, um, you know, he's very, like, we're very open about... Um, like if he just wants to get off, he'll just go on his phone and to me. Mm -hmm. And I know that while he wants to explore and play and have fun, like he come, he's, he comes home to me Mm. and that's, that's what's important to me. It's not, it's not important to me that he just spend all of his time with me always and only with me. It's important to me that we have a healthy, happy relationship and that, you know, he is, when he, he's emotional, I care about the emotional factor in it. Mm. So when he's with me, I went to the sex store and bought like a toy because I was like, okay, there's gotta be like, everybody's doing this, fine, I'll try it. <laughs> um, I did read like erotic fiction mm-hmm. in you know, around 14. Yeah. But it was never, uh, it was never a way to get off. It was always just, you know, characters that are doing interesting things and then there's a sex scene and then they're doing other interesting things. And it was never, it was never about that for me. Okay. Yeah. I just can imagine (laughs) like thinking everybody around you must be like sipping on some, some Kool-Aid or something, just like going all hormone crazy and being like, well, I'm just going to keep, I'm going to play sports, I guess. And find other outlets for my yeah i'm gonna read books i'm yeah. just gonna read books <laughs> yeah, that's what i did <laughs> can you imagine if someone just was watching porn like that though like like erotic fiction is basically like i've done that it's basically before. like fiction it, it's porn it's, it's it like is, book, yeah. it's book porn it is yeah if someone just is like oh, i'm gonna put on uh we're gonna put on it's like this movie yeah yeah like i've, I've done that <laughs> i've done that there was a, a friend of mine a friend of mine and i watched a lord of the rings parody oh um, nice porn parody and, and just and like just watched it just through. watched it through yeah <laughs> Oh of my course, God. an asexual person would do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen Lord of the Rings, but I did see Lord of the R- Cock Ring. And yeah. uh, it was good. It was all right. It was terrible. <laughs> it was just, it was just, just bad. It was was just Elijah bad. Wood in it? Because that would have no. awesome. <laughs> That would have made the whole thing worth it, honestly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was watching a movie with him last night, and I was just like thinking about how awesome it is that he like did all these lord of the rings movies and now i'm sure he does whatever the fuck he wants and he chooses really weird shit that is what he does he I just know. he just does the shit that it's he like loves artistic, so interesting awesome. things. he's yeah. a total geek like he's he, such a weirdo yeah. i love yeah yeah and he's like he loves horror he's a huge horror fan yeah he's he's doing like some super interesting rad horror stuff him and jason eisner has been like buds i've been seeing them hanging out and a lot and stuff through social media and i'm hoping they link up someday oh, yeah. and do something really really fucked up yeah um, um I, i'm curious to know about how like is this something that you um spoke to your your family a lot about like um it's not really something i've brought up um necessarily uh, my sister follows me on Tumblr, so they're good. Sometimes they're really good. Sometimes they're phenomenal. The phenomenal ones don't happen very often because it's just how my brain works. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're, they're good. They're Are there nice. certain things that that you've kind of clocked that have happened that made them phenomenal? Yes. Like what? Um, I don't know. They're... There are a couple of there are a couple of like sexual situations that 
you know, he, he and I have talked about that it's like, these are things that turn me on. And so if you do these things, I'm more likely to get off and I'm more likely to have a better time of it. Mm-hmm. And so we just make sure to do those things mm-hmm. whenever or not necessarily whenever, but like a lot of the times it's like, hey, this is a position that I like. And if we use this position, I'll get off a couple times and then you can just move me however you want and finish. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Do those things change over time? Because I just like, I don't know if you've listened to many of our episodes, but I was going through a thing like a few weeks ago where like anytime I was having sex, I was kind of fantasizing about breastfeeding. And now and then now it's just like, oh, that doesn't really do anything for me anymore. What's the next thing? <laughs> We're um, just searching the ether. But what's that? Where is it? Where's that next thing? Where's that what, next that's thing? Uh, I, I haven't experienced a lot of ebb and flow with that. I've found like, you know, the five things that work and yeah. those kind of work pretty consistently. consistently. What's like one of the um, five things that really just works? I, I like cum. Mm. Yeah. And that's just one of the things. Like you like, like your partner's cum? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's one of the things that works. I'm so um, glad that that's not one thing that Becca or Bridie really craves because <laughs> I have no cum. Like I, I'm like I did told Bridie this story the other day. I I was getting I was getting jerked off by someone one time and um and they were it felt really great mm-hmm. and uh, she was very skilled at this mm-hmm. and it didn't take long before I was about to come. Mm-hmm. And because I have cystic fibrosis, my cum load is very minimal. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't actually produce semen. So mm-hmm. like it's, it's all coming from the prostate, I think mm-hmm. like However anyway, that works. Uh, yeah, whatever. So it's just like a little bit of, it's just like a little bit of cum. And I was like, I was getting really close and I told her, I was like, I'm going to come, I'm going to come. And she was like, okay, okay. And I came and I was like, I'm coming. And she continued to, to be stroking me, but she, and then she like slowed down and was like looking around confused and like searching herself and her hand. And, and then she just looks at me and goes, where's the cum? (laughs) (laughs) It's like Vonnegut, our cat, when we put the laser pointer away and he's just like jerking his head around, looking all over. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Where's the cum? And now if I ever hear that phrase... Which actually comes up quite a bit because there's a podcast that I listen to called Your Mom's House and Where's the Cum is one thing that they say all the time. I absolutely die. Oh, my God. Yeah. So you love cum. Well, your partner. Specifically, my, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah, that's just, that's one of the things that I have found that like, yep, that works. Is it cool. the act of him coming or yes. like the actual, like the semen? No, it's the, it's the act of him having right. an orgasm. Right, right. It's like, I like that. Cool. Yeah. So that brings you closer to mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. I have, this is maybe a super airy fairy question, but I was kind of thinking about this. Um, uh, the other day we're talking about like birth rates of there being more women than men happening lately and people born, um, unable, like infer- infertile, like not able to have children. And, you know, my brain is like, well, maybe mother nature is like, fuck you guys, you're ruining the planet. And so we're just going to put a lid on some of this reproduction stuff here. Are you basically saying The Handmaid's Tale is a documentary? Oh, yeah. 
I, is that the premise? I've, I haven't. I've yeah. never read the book. I've never. Neither have I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The it's uh, women basically have become infertile, and so they round up all the women that actually can. Are, yeah, and have babies. Baby factors, and they become yeah, exactly. For the awful. like, yeah. it's pretty horrifying. Yeah, incredible not, show. The yeah. shows they're doing a really good job with it. Um, so I'm wondering, particularly because when we talked to James Gantor about. Um, uh, atypical sexuality is like things that are a little less common, which mm-hmm. I don't know if asexuality would be is considered atypical, but it seems like it it's is, a pretty yeah. low I'm percentage sorry. of people. Right. So, um, and he was talking about how, you know, usually uh, atypical sexualities are more prevalent in men because men go through this transition in the womb or, or, or babies go through a transition. They all, we all start They're female, female yeah. and become male. And it's usually in that transition where some things get a little bit, uh, uh, skewed or like break off from the the typical pattern, and um, that's my own words, obviously not his. And I'm mm. so I'm just wondering if like you ever read any of the science about you know sexual orientation and like why? Because it's not necessarily they think it's a what do they call it prolonged? So something that you're born with and then it carries through your life, not mm-hmm. something that happens because of like childhood trauma mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, not, not really. It's not, I mean, honestly, it's not really something that interests me over, over much. Um, I, you know, I know there's a, there's a huge, you know, ace community, ace and arrow, which is a romantic, um, community in Halifax. Uh, there's like 60, 60 of us, 40 of us. I don't know, Mm. which for a city this size is outrageous. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's all the people who aren't. In who that, aren't in that group, yeah. yeah, who just are like, oh, hey. Right. Didn't know about this. Wow. Yeah. And uh, um, honestly, uh, Tia got an email from someone who had been listening to her show, and she had brought up asexuality. And she got an email from someone who's like, hey. Tell me like, more about tell that. Tell me more about that. I think maybe we connected yeah. that person. Okay. And uh, that person actually joined the ace group. Sweet. Recently. And it's just oh. like, yay, this is awesome. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, you don't feel compelled to be like an activist or spokesperson for asexuality? I mean, no, not really. Yeah. Um, you got a bakery to open. I got a bakery <laughs> yeah, to open. Yeah. The, well, you got donuts to make. <laughs> the problem is, it's actually kind of funny that we're doing like this recording now with Pride being this weekend. Right. Mm-hmm. Because um, the asexual um, community specifically the asexual community is often shunned from um the whole lgbt rainbow I read why that is that uh is it one of those um, things where like you just haven't figured it out yet <laughs> no it's more of a like we're persecuted for having sex with who who we want to you're not persecuted for not having sex mm. which i mean like someone whose ace isn't going to be denied a job because they're not having sex with someone or because they're not sexually attracted to someone but right. i mean a lot of the a lot of the ace community in Halifax specifically is alternate genders so there's some people who are agendered or gender queer um there's obviously anybody can be ace uh but specifically like i said specifically in Halifax the ratio of cis aces to non-cis aces mm-hmm. is much much i don't know smaller yeah then yeah it's also i mean like we were saying earlier like it's also very in the beginning for i'm assuming for a lot of people who are ace very very confusing mm-hmm. very like t- 
tough, mm-hmm. you know, to like go through and, mm-hmm. and like it, a very personal internal like battle. Yeah. Right. And, uh, I think a lot of, a lot of the more aggressive, like pride or not necessarily pride, but a lot of the more aggressive, like activists for, you know, gay and queer rights is like, well, we're having to face persecution. You're not having to face persecution. Mm -hmm. Therefore you don't belong. Right. But a lot of the, like in the in in history, a lot of the you've heard the term spinster aunt or confirmed bachelor as being code for someone being gay, but it's not. It wasn't necessarily someone being gay. It was just someone not being straight. Right. And a lot of a lot of those people who were, you know, perceived as being gay or basically just perceived as not being straight because they weren't having sex with their opposite gender. Um, were probably asexual and that was just not a thing that was an accepted term Mm. um last year i know the uh was it american apparel had a bag and it was lgbtqa and the a was for allies and that just like it's heartbreaking because and like if if you put this part on the podcast you're gonna get people posting places about how allies do too belong on the spectrum because they're allies but like even before i knew i was ace i knew allies didn't belong in the rainbow it's like Mm -hmm. if you're an ally you support without needing to be a part of Mm -hmm. um and i understand that you know someone who's like yeah i support you know, gay rights and stuff. It's not my fault that I can't be part of it. I should be allowed part of it. It's like, yeah, you, I mean, you're we really kind of... got to watch that word, should. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. It just it gets me every every time. And I think, like, when we were talking about um, asexuals maybe being shunned by the LGBTQ community because they don't experience um, uh, persecution, and it's like... Everyone deserves support in whatever yeah. they're going through because we all have a feeling like we should be a particular way and then yeah. we wrestle with oh, yeah, absolutely. It when we're not. Absolutely. That way. And a lot of the a lot of the blowback for like anytime anytime someone from the asexual community is like, um, actually A stands for asexual, agender, aromantic, not for ally Mm -hmm. it's like well asexual doesn't really belong in the spectrum anyway so Mm. sit down right it's just like it's kind of it is it is it is a little heartbreaking Mm -hmm. and um like i said even before even before i knew that asexuality had this whole breadth and depth to it um i still like i as a as a cisgendered straight female it was like I don't belong, like, I will support my gay friends, I will support my trans friends, I don't belong, like, in their spaces, like, I can support them having spaces that don't, that I don't need to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And then when it was, like, you know, I discovered, oh, I actually am part of this spectrum, it's like, oh, well, but I get kicked out anyway, so right. that's fine. Like, there's no... <laughs> I didn't want in there anyway. Like... <laughs> Um, in Halifax's Pride specifically, there's, you know, tons of, like, gay and trans support, um, a little bit of bi support, zero ace representation at all. 
Mm. Like not even a little bit. Last year there was one float that had one flag on it and it was like a teens and youth for supporting sexuality or something. Mm -hmm. And there was one person wearing a purple shirt holding the purple flag, the purple and black and white flag. Is there someone in the community that's kind of uh, trying to fight for more representation there or, or are the doors kind of closed to that? That's not necessarily the doors are closed. It's just, it gets frustrating. Mm -hmm. It gets disheartening. Um, It's difficult to go again and again and be like, Hey, can we do this thing? And be told, mm, yeah, maybe, and then have it not, have it fall through. Mm. Um, Rad Pride is really good. Well, last year was really good for um, a bunch of Ace and Arrow uh, like meetups. Mm-hmm. I don't know if what's we're ra- having what's Rad Pride. Uh, it's like the Dal, uh, Dal. I think Dal based um, sort of student pride. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it's you know it happens at the same time, but it's. Uh, sort of a smaller and kind of student student run pride rather than the city run pride Mm -hmm. um but the people who organized it last year just haven't really had the the time or a chance to which i mean they've all been super busy um which is really awesome i'm glad that they're getting you know their their feet up and Mm -hmm. or their feet down i guess and getting to do the things that they want to do but there's no one really left to organize we kind of we kind of organize like ace meetups because we know there's not really any other space for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. But that's okay. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. There isn't there isn't a lot of we're all just <clears throat> we're all just busy people and don't have time to fight with, you know, people who are louder and more aggressive than us. Mm-hmm. You're trying to have fun. Trying to enjoy, yeah, you like, know, live your life. Like we'll just we'll just go hang out at the boardroom and play board games. Yeah. Like that's fine. We'll mm-hmm. eat cake. That's our thing. We eat <laughs> You'll cake. bake it. I'll bake the cake. <laughs> Actually, the cake is like a symbol for asexuality. Really? It's like, yeah, other people want <clears throat> sex. We just we just want cake. <laughs> want the cake. So it. it's it's kind of ironic that I became a baker. <laughs> <laughs> Nature. It's ah. crazy. Yeah. You think with all of this, like, sexuality and gender, um, such a big part of the conversation, always evolving, has been for years now. Like, do you think we'll ever get to a point where it's like, yeah, we don't need to discuss this anymore. We're yeah. all, like, we, we get it. It'll, honestly, it'll probably be another hundred years. Yeah. But yes. And the planet think, will be burning up by then. So well, literally. Yeah. Well. Uh, and it'll be too late. hundred years? I mean... People, people of our generation having kids is declining rapidly. Out yeah. of all of the friends I have yeah. who are married or um, dating someone who they want to spend their life with or whatever, God, let's say I have 20 couples. That's a low estimate. But out of 20 couples, I think one of them. Yeah. Two of them have, two of them are wanting kids. Yeah. Yeah. And one of them wants one kid. Yeah, yeah. that's here. But look at the, you know, other countries in the world with populations that are way bigger than ours. Oh, sure. Um, and I don't know if those numbers are... Well, but I like actually in, don't know, in, but in Japan, population's declining. Because, oh, yeah? Because, yeah, people, are, people our age don't bother dating anyone. Right. Like, the... the but isn't it, though, isn't it because they can't? <laughs> isn't no. it because, like, the ratio of, of men to women there no, is just, just, like, absurd? No, it's just because they don't bother. Like, women would prefer to focus on their careers, That's and right. men would prefer to focus on their careers, and nobody wants to date anybody. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, th- I think you're thinking of, uh, 
China. Maybe it's China, is, right? Yeah, is where the there's somewhere the birth where it's just like where like kind of skewed for a number of years. Yeah, but there's I, I believe it's Japan where there's like it, it, there's so many more men than women that they can't date. That they're just like they're walking around going, ah, well, we can't actually like find a date. There's no one to pair. There's up no with. one to pair up with. Yeah, mm. maybe it is China though. The advice did a piece on it, and I was like, "Oof, geez, that yeah. would." Yeah, but like, suck. there's there's lots of places with high populations, with you know any 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 kind of population that has educated citizens. Yeah, um, are having less kids. Like you look at urban centers, like you know New York. People in people in who have people who are university educated, which you have to be now, or college educated, you have to be now in order to get ahead in life. Mm are not having kids because mm-hmm. you don't need, you don't need kids to run the farm. You yeah. don't need kids to, you know, take over the family business. There's mm-hmm. lots of people. Yeah. And so it's like, well, I'd rather focus on my career. And especially for us, it's like, I'd rather focus on my career and like try and buy a house maybe one day. Yeah. I can't afford kids. Well, I don't know how anybody affords kids. I, right. I have a cat and a dog and I honestly, I'm like, feeding them for another 10 years yeah, yeah i'm hoping were- the dog eats the cat <laughs> so that it's like a he's been fed for the day and b we don't have to feed that fucking cat anymore i know, you know? it's four times a day <laughs> but there you were also saying earlier about you know people being more like more people being infertile and you know more people not wanting to birth children it's like that's that's contributing to it yeah. um yeah of the of the people i know who want kids one of the or two of them want birth kids. One of them's on her second. Everyone else wants to adopt, mm. right? Because it's just like there are lots of kids in the world that need homes, so yeah. let's do that instead. <laughs> yeah, and it's um, I don't I don't think the world will burn before we can finally top stop talking about yeah how weird it is that you know yeah. neighbor down the street's gay yeah mm. you know yeah yeah, yeah. like I is, agree. It, we're coming up to time. Okay, is cool. there anything that we haven't hit that you wanted to touch on? And the same question goes to you. Oh, I covered all my questions. Okay. Um, I did ask. I did ask the group if they wanted me to bring anything up. Oh, nice. And, uh, one of them asked me specifically to bring up um, asexuality as relating to race. Um, ah. I'm like I'm white. I can kind of get away with being, you know, the spunky. I kind of I kind of look stereotypically lesbian with my half shaved head and purplish purple hair. hair and no makeup and mm-hmm. no bra. It's just like you know, fuck the world, fuck the bra. I haven't seen a lot of braless boobs lately around Halifax. <laughs> Isn't it nice? It is so fucking fantastic. Yeah. I don't. I think Beck has worn a bra twice since I've met her. Yeah, yeah, but uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of people who it's either like are stereotyped as being hypersexualized, like black men, mm. um, Hispanic women, uh, or people who are um, hypersexualized as being innocent, like Japanese or actually Asian women in general are um, sort of viewed as this, you know, timid, quiet, mm-hmm. oh no, like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't engage in that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, if someone of Asian descent is like, you know, oh no, I'm, I'm asexual. Oh, well, of course you're asexual. You're Asian. Right. Or if, you know, a black woman's like, I'm asexual. It's like, you you can't be asexual. You got that booty. Right. Mm. You know, it's like, 
Um, that they have big capital S letter shoulds on there. Yeah, ex- exactly. Right. And uh, it's it's uh, one of my friends was saying it's hard to feel like you're either betraying your sexuality or betraying your like racial history or your right. like yeah maybe it's just your way of of pushing back against like racial stereotypes right and like is it my way of pushing back against racial stereotypes or is it actually who i am or you know whatever and it's um i can only speak about the things that i've observed in the world or the internet world yeah um based on what other people and same with same with gender like you find a lot of a lot of talk about you know you're a man you have to like sex you don't you, you can't be asexual you yeah. have to like sex you're a man that's mm-hmm. that's just what men do or you're a woman of course you're asexual that's such a that's such a woman's sexuality yeah right you just have a headache yeah you just have a headache like whatever yeah and it's very it's very disconcerting that mm. you know people can't just do what they want to do or not do what they want to do in some cases what would you say to someone who is 16 17 or 18 you know a young person who might be listening to this right now who is uh you know like you were kind of trolling tumblr starting to slowly realize like oh maybe i am asexual Mm -hmm. what kind of advice would you give to someone uh honestly at the end of the day, you're the only one who can figure out for yourself what you're feeling. And, like, labels are good in the sense that they help you find a word that you identify with. As soon as I found, like, the true meaning of the word asexual, like, the whole depth of the word asexual, it was like opening my eyes, taking a deep breath, and, like, just feeling relief. Mm. But don't also don't let specific labels trap you like if you don't follow exactly the labeling of demisexual you think you might be demi that's fine you can take your time and figure that out there asexuality specifically um never mind sexuality in general but asexuality specifically is very fluid Hmm. like you might think you're gray ace because you feel attraction sometimes and then just stop feeling attraction at all for a long period of time Mm -hmm. that's totally fine you might think you're completely ace and then meet someone and discover oh hey looks like i'm demi you don't have to let the labels define you right and you also don't have to let yourself have any labels at all that's totally fine Mm. one of my friends is kind of like yeah i might be ace it's whatever she doesn't want to have a label. She doesn't need to have a label. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Sweet. And we also have, um, if you look up Arrow Ace Halifax on Facebook, we have a Facebook group for, you know, if there are any anybody listening who's not already a part of, who hasn't clicked on the link that I'm <laughs> going to add on the Facebook group. <laughs> anybody awesome. not already a part of it. It's, we're, always, we're always welcoming to new Ace or Arrow babes. Sweet. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. And uh, thank you all so much for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week, as always, with another 
sexy time filled episode i'm sure uh in the meantime head on over to itunes it would mean the world to us if you subscribed rated and reviewed our podcast keeps us on the charts um i i feel like a small competition with sick boy where i'm like i'm on sick boy i'm like yeah let's do better than turn me on and then i'm on turn me on i'm like yeah let's beat sick boy so uh just check the comedy charts see where we land and uh and if we're underneath Sick Boy, then definitely do what I just said. Yeah. Um, and what else, Brad? Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Turn Me On Podcast. We post every Sunday a nice little round bum or two, or big round bum or two. Or, and sometimes they're not round. Sometimes they're a little bit square. Mm-hmm. But bums, lots of them, every Sunday, Sunday, Monday. And, uh, and also our, any other antics that we might get up to. Yeah, Facebook and Twitter, we're on there as well. If and. Interested in being a guest on the show? Oh, yeah. Or you have a brain boner, or, you know, that's just a question for us. Yeah. Uh, then you can find that on our website, turnmeonpodcast.com. There are submission forms for both of those things. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Well, until next week. Go fuck yourself. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.